everybody. Welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me as always, Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And this month, we are continuing Howdy Partner um, as we watch westerns that we've not seen before. Uh, Corey got to pick this week's movie that we'll be reviewing extensively, which is McCabe and Mrs. Miller from 1971. Uh, we're going to get into that review towards the end of the episode, but we like to start off the podcast um, that we started, Movie Club, all these years ago to uh, narrow our gap list of films that we know we should watch but for some reason hadn't seen. Um, and of course that list grows and changes all the time. Um, but we like to start off uh, the, every episode of the podcast uh, just kind of catching up and um, see what else we've been watching since the last time we recorded, which has been quite a few days uh, because we recorded early on our last episode for Shane. Um, and so we normally record on Fridays. It's a little behind the scenes. Uh, but that episode we recorded on a Tuesday. And then this episode we're recording on our usual Friday time slot, but a whole week later. So we are, uh, like, what, 10 days, 14 days or something? Um, math is hard between uh, our last recording. Um, so, Corey, how you been? <laughs> really really busy. Well, you got to take a little trip, right? How was that? It was amazing. Um, we got to see the raconteurs. Um, no phones allowed, so that was cool. Um, Wait, was that what the show was called, or did you were you actually not allowed to have your phone? They locked our phones up in the, these little yonder pouches. Dude, except I had to use that at Toy Story 4's uh, critic screening, whoa. and they're really cool. They kind of are, except that mine was unlocked. So at the front of the venue they like had us give them their phones and they locked it up and then i had to have my bag searched and just within like 10 seconds it had already come unlocked oh. so the lady had to go from checking my bag back out to the lady to have it relocked and then i guess my pouch was just defective because apparently my phone was unlocked the whole time because i went to take it out at the end of the show and it was not locked but they were kicking people out who did figure out that their phones were not locked so mm. there's that also uh, do you know who oh, invented that pouch i don't apparently dave Chappelle came up with the idea for it what? yeah and um like as a way of uh stopping people from like stealing his comedy or something like that um yeah it's really cool uh if you haven't seen these um because the way uh the disney's real strict with their critic screening so they usually would take your phone give you like a, a ticket with like your number like a number on it kind of like a coat check um, and it was, it, it made me uncomfortable cause like it's in a Ziploc bag and they're just in like a big, oh. like, you know, um, they're secure or whatever, but still like, it's like, oh, that's so uncomfortable where this, you get to keep the pouch because the pouch is locked. It very much looks like, uh, the security, like clothing things, you know what I'm talking about? Like, um, yeah, the ink tags. Yeah. It, it was very reminiscent of that. Uh, so it's in this pouch. Um, the big thing though, it's... is that you have to remember to turn your ringer off, uh, because there's yes. no way to do anything with your phone. <laughs> Um, and thankfully it doesn't make it too much more bulky. Like no. my friends were still able to keep one friend was able to keep it in his pocket. Still another had a very small bag. Um, but yeah. And I kind of told you that we found the house that, um, Jack White, mm -hmm. uh, recorded get behind me Satan in. And also we found their tour bus <laughs> and I sound like a creep, but we were honestly in the neighborhood. It's like one of the, the nicer, um, neighborhoods in Detroit and they, the homes are old and just so beautiful. And it was just, it just happened to be a funny coincidence. But, um, and then I went to see Band of Horses Tuesday and, mm. you know, I'm just getting too old to go hard 
<laughs> like that, and then just go right back to work on Monday. But it was fun. Yeah, I um I wanted to see Newfound Glory was just here uh, touring their uh, from the screen to your stereo volume three. Mm. And uh, John, yes, you love that stuff. I know, and I missed the show. And uh, my old drummer from one of my old bands, uh, listeners, I used to be a musician. Um, he went and he like met the guys and everything and like there's he had some really cool pictures on Instagram. I was very very disappointed in myself for not going to that um, because it was they were playing like from the three volumes and like costume changes and stuff. It looked awesome uh, and I am a big fan. If you haven't if you're a fan of this podcast, if you're a fan of movies um, and you have not listened to Newfound Glories uh, uh, from the screen to your stereo volumes one, two, and three, they cover um, excellent songs from movie history. Uh, in a pop punk sort of way and uh, I, I really click with those a lot. Um, we used to play them when Corey and I worked at FYE. We would play it on a Friday night and sell out of every copy we had because people were like, what is this? Um, highly so recommend. much better than the junk they tried to make us play that no one ever bought. Anyways. Yes. Um, we just did what we wanted. But yeah, I've been uh, like slowly getting ready for back to school. we got a couple weeks left before we go back. Um, you know, I've, I've have been playing more uh like card games um i used to play uh, magic the gathering uh, quite a bit uh not a few years ago um i got into it to stay in contact with a student and then got hooked um i stopped playing and now i've kind of gotten back into playing i'm playing very casually a lot of multiplayer fun stuff um nothing that it, it from cards i already have that kind of thing it's not a real like investment at this point um but it's it's just a fun way to spend a couple hours with people mike has been playing um, Mike from Top 5 Movies, and uh, so I've spent a few hours doing that, which I didn't mean to, but at the same time, um, it has prompted me to watch, like, rewatch some movies, uh, just kind of in the background while I'm, like, messing with cards or whatever, um, mm-hmm. which you'll see on my list, because uh, there's one day, I, I watched three movies in one day, uh, I... but two of them were just, like, in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, uh, and I was at the doctor's office for way too many hours today, and I'm yeah. so bitter about it maybe you're more reasonable than me maybe you're better at keeping your emotions in check or whatever but well you know. I, I almost lost it at one point because i'd been there for like three hours that's bull. or maybe two and a half hours and a guy who had just walked in got called to the back i'm like hold up because so far like everyone else had been like they were there before me so i couldn't really complain they had to wait a long time too but when they called this this new guy in, I was like, no, 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 no. I'm next. Like, I am I am next. Um, I don't know what they called him back for. He came right back out, so it was something quick. But it was still, like, I was, like, real close to snapping. And then they brought me back, finally, to, like, weigh me. And usually you get weighed and you get put in the room. Well, I got weighed and then sat down in the room with the scale, and they closed the door. So now I'm alone, which I don't really mind, but it's still, like, I'm like, okay. So I went from waiting in a room with a lot of people. Don't forget me. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm like, that's what I'm afraid of. Like, I know they have to come in here to weigh people, but still. And I was in there for a long time, and then finally got moved into a, oh. an actual room. And I was still in there for, like, a long time. And I could actually almost make out what was being said in the room next to me. And I'm like, I don't think that's very cool, because I can hear the doctor, well, like, telling this woman stuff. And I'm like, I don't like that, you know? Pretty sure that would be a HIPAA. Yeah, I mean, luckily, you know. like I said, it wasn't clear, but it was, like, too close. Like, I'm like, this should be soundproof. Like, I don't think I should hear anything. Like, I should be unaware of what's yeah. happening around me. Um, it might be he was, like, speaking louder because he was trying to get... Because th- that's the thing. I have no ill will towards the doctor. I think the doctor is amazing. 
um i've witnessed him do things that are so out of character uh for a private like you know family practitioner type doctor like when my wife was in the hospital he came and saw her at like 11 at night to make sure like because he was supposed to come and see her but like at some point we were like he's not gonna come it's like you know 10 o'clock or whatever he didn't get there till 11 because he was working with other patients that's the like the guy gives himself to his patients and um it's probably not good for him like health wise like he he makes comments like he'll he was going over my blood work and he's like this could be better he's like but mine's bad too you know it's like he's like i i could be a lot healthier but i i spend so much time working that i don't take care of myself like i need to which is of course the biggest irony um uh but yeah um so he is great but man the the office situation was brutal and uh i i tweeted about it which i don't usually do but i was so frustrated i was like i need other people to know about this um so that's what my, i've been doing uh let's get into what we've been watching are you ready to, you want to go first what you've watched since the last time we recorded yeah i don't have a whole lot um yeah, you were busy i haven't been to the movies yeah i was like real busy like real busy um but i did watch a very strange documentary hmm. with my friend on netflix God, God knows where I am. Okay. Okay. It's about. I mean, I feel like it. It's not a spoiler because it's probably right there. In, you know the. Um. It. This woman. She just like starts living in this abandoned house, and she is writing her day to day account in this notebook, and she starves to death because she's just afraid to go across the street oh man but yeah um like i i guess unsettling um really sad um and i guess just that people can be forgotten um you know we hear about stories like that from time to time and it's just like oh i hope that isn't me but then again why would it matter i would already be dead so um and then I'm on the last episode, the last episode of Dead Like Me. Ah. Uh, and yeah. are you going to watch the movie or are you going to stop there? I think I'm going to watch the movie. I mean, I feel like I should. Yeah. Have you seen it before? I can't. I honestly can't remember. Bill and I watched. I don't think so. But Bill and I watched Dead Like Me like years ago. Yeah. Uh, Kathy and I watched that show and then we did watch the movie. Um, we really loved the great. show. The movie's not that great. Um. But it, it was definitely, like, there's some TV shows that, like, their plan was to do, like, you know, three, I think Community for a long time was, like, six seasons in a movie um, or something like that. And I, I don't think that was the plan for Dead Like Me. It was more like, we got canceled too early, let's do a movie to kind of tie things up. And it just, it Wrap feels up. like that's what they're trying to do. And it, the show is so great. Um, I really, really enjoyed that show a whole lot. But... Um, I've seen a lot. I'm not going to talk much about each thing, but I've seen a lot. Uh, I've mentioned that I'm watch- listening to the Blank Check podcast, so I'm watching a lot of filmographies from directors, so you'll hear some uh, like similarities there with like who filmed. And then sometimes I'm just completing them for my own sake. Um, I watched Miami Vice uh, from 2006. That's a Michael Mann movie. Um, it, it's okay. I, I, I did watch the director's cut, which I later found out was not a good cut and i want to go back oh. and watch the non-director's cut um i watched up in the air which is a jason reitman mm-hmm. film that i had not seen that stars uh george clooney vera Farmiga, and anna uh, kendrick um 
freaking love that movie. I had such a good time with that movie. Um, I think uh, Clooney gets nominated for an Oscar, if I'm not mistaken, for that. And um, Vera Farmiga, uh, to me, I've never really seen her play like the love interest in a movie. Um, and she was really good in that role and uh, played it very seductively. Um, and I, I guess I think of her like from The Conjuring. Um, and then like the other stuff I've seen her and she's always more of like a, a side ancillary character. Um, so I, it was interesting seeing her in this like love interest role. So uh, if you haven't seen it, recommend that. I, I think I watched it on Prime or Hulu. It's on one of those. Um, I saw Crawl. Corey, have you seen the trailer for Crawl? <gasps> I want to see this so bad. You need to see this, especially <laughs> as a Florida girl. Um, it is. I know. It is, it's campy. It's it's you know cheesy, I... but it's so much fun. Uh, it's very very suspenseful too. Like it does not waste a minute, and it's short. It's right up your alley for that reason. It, it is short and to the point. Um, I had a blast with Crawl. Uh, I rolled my eyes at some of the dialogue, and it's it it is. It's cheesy, but it's a really well-made, executed film with what it's trying to do, and um, it's gory at a few parts. There's some real, like, horrific uh, gator kills. Um, so that same day, uh, after I went to an like, early show of that, enjoyed it, I wrote my review, um, and I ended up deciding just to throw some movies on while I was working around with Magic Card. So I watched Zombieland again, which I've seen many times. Ooh. And then I watched Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, which I've seen so many times. Uh, that I was barely watching that one, but I'm like reciting the dialogue along with the movie because I know it so well. It is my favorite movie. Um, I watched a new movie. I don't know... I don't think I can say I watched this one yet. Um, it's I'm under embargo for a, a couple of weeks, so I will oh, hold off. Okay. Um, but it it's an interesting movie. I learned a lot of stuff about a, a real-life person that I knew nothing about going into it. Um, then I went... Uh, uh, with my with David, who's the editor for Brick Reviews, um, we saw Stuber together. The the uh, Dave Bautista and Kamel Nanjani um, comedy, where uh, a police officer basically hijacks an Uber driver for the day. Um, I we were cracking up like we had a, a blast with the movie. It's not a great movie, but it's super funny. And if you like Kamel, uh, if his humor works for you, which you remember, The Big Sick was my favorite movie of that oh. year. Um, yes. He he is a actor who just and comedian actually. I love his stand up. I'm I'm just a real big Kamel fan, and he he seems to be able to always make me laugh, and he cracks me up in Stuber. Um, so I ended up having a really good time with it. Uh, there's some stuff I don't like about the movie, but overall enjoyed it. My reviews at Burke Reviews for that one. I watched uh, McCabe and Miss Miller on Monday, um, and then I watched uh, The Hurt Locker for the first time because I'm trying to finish some of the Catherine Bigelow films. Have you seen The Hurt Locker? Mm-mm, I don't think so. I was really impressed with that film. Um, I, I like it a lot. And then uh, I watched Zero Dark Thirty, which was her uh, second to last film. Uh, Detroit was her last one, but I saw that in theaters last year. Um, Zero Dark Thirty, really good movie, too. Uh, I don't like it as much as I like The Hurt Locker, though, for sure. Um, and then tonight, right before we started recording Top 5, I watched for the first time 1990's Total Recall, the Arnold Schwarzenegger film. Um, a movie that I had somehow skipped all these years. I don't know why exactly, um, but I finally made an effort to see it. I'm starting the Paul Verhoeven um, Blank Check series, so I needed to uh, clear this one, and i got to watch Basic Instinct over the next couple days, which I rented from the library. Corey, real quick, and listeners, maybe you're living in the dark like I was, but I had this misconception that libraries were only for books. And periodicals. <laughs> yeah, but when I was a kid, 
my library had VHS rentals, but they cost money. And so, oh, did and, they? Yeah, at, at the Winter Haven Library, I swear, because it was I was limited to when I could get a movie from the library because it was, you know, if my grandma had a couple extra bucks, she would say, yeah, yeah, go ahead. And um, when I went to my daughter asked the other day, uh, she's like, I really want to get a library card. I'm like, okay, cool. She's she's finally found like a book series that she's really like latched oh, onto, and good. so um, she's been reading more. Um, I thought Harry Potter would do it because she got really into the movies and she read the books, but she read them real slow. Like she still hasn't finished all the books, and like she takes her sweet time with them. Uh, she found this book, um, The Red Queen. And it's pretty thick. That sounds familiar. Oh, it's a young adult novel right now. They are turning it into a movie, apparently. Of course, um, that's the thing that, that Hollywood likes to do. And um, she got it's it's four books, I think, and then a prequel book, or it's three books and a prequel book. Um, she, we've actually bought her all of those, but I, she's like almost towards the end of the series now, and she like sees the that she's not going to have anything to read, and that concerns her, which I thought was pretty cool. So when she said, let's go to the library, I'm like, great, that'll work. We get there, and our local library has this huge selection of DVDs and Blu-rays, and I, like, lose my mind. And then, so I... I, I love that you sent me pictures. Yeah, I was so excited. <laughs> like, I can't believe... Well, what upsets me is I teach film, and I one of the requirements for my film 1, 2, and 3 classes, uh, they start with visual tech, and they go film 1, 2, and 3, if they stay with me. And for film one, two, and three, they have to start doing uh, independent film watching. So, like, each quarter, they have to watch a movie from a list that I give them that is in the genre that we're studying, and they have to watch it and analyze it for the genre on their own, though, right? Like, so none of them have ever been like, Mr. Beatty, you know, the library has a bunch of movies that we could check out and you could probably talk to the library and have them like pull movies for our cl- nothing not a single you know and i know some of these kids one of them volunteers at the library if you're listening you know i'm talking about you um and like not once have they ever been like do you know there's a lot of movies i, I give recommendations from like hbo and netflix and, and uh prime and like i could just be collaborating with my library and boom it's right there because they, I'm impressed with the selection. Because it's not just the big blockbusters; they have a lot of indie stuff that I would have never guessed. Like I got um, Lady Macbeth, which is um, uh, Florence Pugh, who's in Midsummer. It's a movie she did, I think, two years ago, and I've heard really good things about, and I've wanted to see. Never, you know, I wasn't gonna buy it on Vudu because I hadn't seen it. And here it is at the library, free to rent. You know, ch- take it home, check it out. I got that. Terms of Endearment, because that's another. Uh, series on blank check i'm going to be getting to in a little bit and then basic instinct for the paul verhoeven um one so i got all those from the library free two weeks to watch them you know oh wow um mm-hmm. and then the the thing that the first because it was my first day with my library card because i had just got one at this library and uh you also get a digital like checkout service called hoopla that you can check out 10 um any 10 things but there's ebooks audiobooks movies and um comic books you can check out up to 10 titles a month uh with your library card separate from what you check out and uh i'm really pushing libraries guys libraries are apparently a cool place to go i wanna i you know what i'm gonna talk about libraries really quick too i a love the lake wells library spent lots of time there as a kid didn't realize that they had movies but i read a lot when i was a kid and my grandma and i would go and check out books together and but i just love libraries so much and we have 
so many like branches in Boise and all around me, and it's really cool. But they do lots of really cool events. So, I mean, I hope that they do there too. But I, they're just such a good resource, and I think that sometimes people forget that. Yeah, and like Even, that's the thing. They're like right near where I work. I I literally drive past them all the time. I never thought to like oh, I should go in because I'm again I I used to read quite a bit. Um, I now find that I just don't have time to read. Um, and a lot of times my brain is going a billion miles a minute, so like reading is just like basically I end up rereading the same paragraph twenty times, you know, and that gets even more <laughs> frustrating. So. I, I've tended to go audiobook and stuff like that. Of course, I can now check out audiobooks, which is, you know, a godsend. Um, Rad. And, I mean, I can check out, like, graphic novels. So, like, I, I fell behind in comic reading a few years ago. It got too expensive of a hobby. Uh, but now just I can check out the back issues that I really want to read. You know, boom. It is it is convenient. And I, it's one of those things I, I guess I'm so used to having to pay for stuff that there's this building with things that I want that they'll just let me take as long as I promise to bring them back. It's pretty mind-boggling in today's I society, love libraries. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like an underutilized resource. Um, and again, and our town's not very big, and our library's pretty solid considering it's not a big town. And, um, you know, my daughter... It's funny because we went because of her, and we both got our library cards, and it, it did make me feel a little sad because she's old enough now where I didn't have to sign for her to get her library card because it's 14 and up and she's oh. 15. Um, so she was able to get her card on her own. Um, but she didn't check anything out because she's like, well, I haven't finished my book yet. So I just wanted to kind of like, she was like making mental notes of like possible series she wants to jump into next, um, which is still pretty cool. But I, I was, uh, in the movie section the whole time and I'm just like, I already had three. I'm like, I have to stop because the first day, first rental, they let me check out four. But from this point I can check out 10 at a time. And two weeks is solid. Like, sometimes, I mean, I don't know if your library does this, but, like, my library um, will automatically renew your books. I don't know about movies or anything else, but they, like, just do it, it, you know, automatically, and they send me an email and all that stuff. But I feel like I read too slow to really check out a lot of books, you know? Yeah, that would be my thing. I'd have to, like, check it out again, which, apparently, I think our library, you can do it online um, as well. Oh, nice. Uh, But they only catch as if it's like uh, I think for certain things if it's if someone else is waiting on it or whatever you can't mm-hmm. check it back out so but yeah that's our uh, five minutes on libraries we were not I'm really to say that, but no but I love I love that we talked about them because yeah I think it's um you know especially the thing that gets me is I have I have students um who have never been to a movie theater you know which for me is mind-boggling because that I've been going to the movies since I was two years old. My mom was a, a big fan of movies. She wanted to be an actress. She didn't make a real attempt because she lived in Polk County, and you're just not gonna get famous here. Um, but she did try, and she's a, she's an extra in some movies or whatever. But so movies have always been like important to me. And my grandma had a movie collection. She had a big VHS collection, um, and movies have always been a centerpiece of my my existence. Um, and so my students, like, when I hear, like, you've never been to theater, um, it's, it's crazy, but, you know, some, it's, sometimes it's for financial reasons, uh, I, and, oh, go ahead. Oh, and it could be for, um, you know, maybe just not an interest, like, maybe the parents don't like movies enough to, like, spend a day or to take three or four kids at ten bucks a piece, you know, um, but 
now realizing that there's this like free resource right there as long as you're responsible because that is the thing you can lose the privilege if you're not responsible and you forget to bring it back or you bring them back damaged or whatever um but just i i'm i always try to promote to my kids like i promoted to my kids uh 2b tv and uh voodoo they both have free movies available to stream you just have to create in fact with 2b you don't even have to create an account you can just stream them they do put commercials in them but it's free to watch um but here's another resource right at your in your backyard so to speak um that you can get high quality movies again they have the blockbusters they, they also have tv um so like if there's oh, cool. box sets you want to, to watch but um but they have like a lot of really great indie darlings that i'm just like wow i can't believe they have that like and some of them they have on criterion prints too which i was really like what? okay this library's earning like i don't know who their buyer is but someone knows what they're doing and uh, i'm impressed i really want to i'm going to actually i am going to be looking to to collaborate with that library um to work with my class and uh, also, to maybe, you know, you're missing a few of these. How about you add some of these, uh, a little more classic stuff? But they do have, they have some classics. They have a lot of, the whole Hitchcock section. Um, so, yeah, I, I was uh, floored uh, and, and mad at myself for this resource being available to me over the, especially since I started Burke Reviews. Here's this place with, like, a, you know, big collection that I could have been borrowing from rather than buying movies I hadn't seen and still maybe haven't watched, as we've talked about on this podcast many times in fact did a whole month dedicated to movies we owned but had not seen yet and i think we could do at least one of those a year we could and... probably do it we should probably do that next year just I movies like that we own be, yeah i think it should be like a recurring theme like the movies that we missed you yeah, know yeah because it's it's pretty obvious that we are both collectors and um sometimes that it means we buy it and put it on the shelf and look at it and go oh, look how cool it is that i own that but I don't want to watch. I really it cut back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. I like. I'm trying to cut back. Like. Uh. What really gets me with digital is they do like the five dollar movie sale weekend thing on Voodoo, mm-hmm. and like that was today. Like they the four ninety nine sale popped up, and there's actually a lot of good movies on the sale this week. Oh um, really? I'll have to look. Yeah. And I'm like, damn it, I don't need to buy more right now, but I also don't want to miss the sale. I haven't bought any yet, but I have the weekend to debate. You know. Um. <laughs> And some I, I, I own, like, on DVD, but I don't have digital. And I'm like, well, I kind of wouldn't mind having it digital. Like, the Clueless is on sale for 5 bucks, um, which I have on DVD. But it's like, man, but that is a really great movie. Um, I don't know that I would need it on digital, but it's only 5 bucks. Um, so stuff like that I have to be a little more, you know, careful with. But anyways, we digress. Let's get into uh, the review of the week. Uh, McCabe and Miss Miller... Uh, Corey picked after I kind of gave her crap about her Jessica Chastain movie. Um, it was peer pressure, guys. You could the, uh, go back and listen to that episode if you like. Well, to be fair, <laughs> I did not pressure you to pick this particular movie, though. You did the, the research, and it took you a good week and a half, I think, to, to finally make your last pick because you were really uh, deliberating. And uh, it's directed by Robert Altman um, and stars... Uh, hang on. Uh, Warren Beatty, Julie Christie, Renee Aubergines. Yep, said that wrong. Um, Willem Devane, John Shuck, Corey Fisher, uh, Burt Remsen, Shelley Duvall, barely. She's barely in it, but she is in it. Um, didn't recognize her right away. Did you, did you catch her in the movie? I did. Um, Keith Carradine, Michael Murphy. I think that's the, the actors that maybe are of note. Um, and... Uh, McCabe and Mrs. Miller came out in 1971, so not a traditional Western, 
and that is true in many ways. Um, a gambler and a prostitute become business partners in a remote Old West mining town, and their enterprise thrives until a large corporation arrives on the scene. Um, and that that I feel like is slightly misleading because I don't feel like it. It doesn't stop when the uh, the people show up. Um, it gradually declines. Uh, and doesn't really actually. I guess their business is always fine. It's more like their ability to function slowly declines. Um, uh, we caught this uh, digital, um, but it is available in various forms. Uh, not free to stream, from what I could find, but um, you know, cheap enough to get uh, if you were interested in watching it. If you haven't already, um, if you've not listened to this podcast before, we do start with non-spoilers. And then we will get into our spoilers, but we'll give you plenty of notice before we do that. Um, Corey, what were his, uh, your thoughts of the movie you picked for McCabe and Mrs. Miller? Or, yeah, and Mrs. Miller. Um, I'm glad I picked it. <laughs> um, I liked it. Um, hmm. I mean, I really liked Mrs. Miller. Yeah. Yeah, I, I her role. I mean, it's nineteen seventy one, so you are starting to see women getting uh, better roles, um, and not just being like you know side characters to the male the male uh, protagonist. And I, I think she's strongly written in that way. Yes, and but also the, the character that I mean, I feel like playing a prostitute doesn't. I don't know. I feel like she was so much more than I was. I would expect if I. You know. Well, this is what's called a revisionist western, um, a, a, <laughs> and I'm not gonna I'm gonna sit here like I know what I'm talking about, but I'll admit I I was not familiar with that uh, part of the genre. Um, but anti western. Uh, yeah, because our here one traditional westerns would have a very clear uh, moral code, like there's a good guy and a bad guy, and when revisionist westerns um, start to become a thing, it is much more gray area and ambiguous. Um, and that's one I want to buy, by the way, Corey. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay. um, this movie, uh, the, your heroes are a gambler uh, and an alcoholic um, and then a prostitute. Like, those are your heroes. Those are who you're rooting for. And yet you're like, well, wait. I, see, I I put no heroes. I mean, there, I mean, there aren't any clearly defined good guys or good guys. Correct, which is exactly in in the nature of the genre that you're yes. supposed to kind of be in this weird limbo. Yeah, where you're not really sure if anybody is right or wrong, um, or who is truly right or wrong. And it uh, this movie is obviously um, heavily about capitalism, um, and you know what you're willing to sacrifice to to make it to become rich, to become wealthy. Um, and there's some really uh, some really powerful lines and some stuff I didn't take notes on that just like stuck in my brain. I didn't even realize until now. Um, I was actually a little worried about talking about this for a minute because I was like, man, I watched this on Monday and I've watched a few movies since then and it's just been a long day and a busy week. I don't know if I can even like pull things and as we're talking, I'm like, oh yeah, wait, I got a lot to say about this movie. Um, I didn't think you were going to like it though. Um, which is again what I keep saying. It's hard for me to pin down when what you're gonna like or not because, uh, without saying what happens, the it's not a happy ending in this movie, um, and often you don't like movies that end on a down note. I feel like though I'm not really emotionally involved with these people, so that that makes sense. It's I guess. 
it's hard to it's kind of hard to put into words but i'm i without spoiling it i'm surprised at the ending but also like i don't know just hmm. well it's interesting because um like chinatown is a movie that you didn't like and that would come out in 74 um network was a movie we watched not too long ago which if i remember you weren't a big fan of that came out in 76 you see this uh these kind of downer movies in the 70s as you know the it's the aftermath of vietnam um the we don't trust our president anymore like there's a lot going on in society that is being reflected i think in these movies that are dealing with these moral gray areas um you know heroes willing to break the rules in order to achieve their goals um you know it's thematically while this is a western here i think in the 70s you're getting a lot of stories like that i mean you have taxi driver um even the exorcist is about like you know the struggle of being a parent like there's so many of these um movies coming out that are just dealing with these really tough issues in really interesting ways and uh that's mccabe miss miller like warren Beatty is fantastic um who he's an actor i'm very familiar with although uh i one of my big gaps that i keep i bought and i've i just have not sat to watch it is bonnie and clyde and um after watching this it really made me like i need to get to bonnie and clyde like that needs to become a priority i need to have seen that movie and um because i just thought he was so compelling in this um and heartbreaking but again i don't want to get too much into that um until we get to spoilers but uh and then julie christie who plays constance miller i was not familiar with like i didn't recognize her um even looking at her filmography like her top four films are uh dr shivago from 1965 away from her 2006 uh darling from 65 and fahrenheit 451 from 1966 but she was in um, some of the Harry Potter films, I believe. Um, Prisoner of Azkaban, which is my favorite of the Harry Potter films. Um, that's the only one it looks like she's in. Um, but I don't remember her in that. And so I, not having any familiarity with her, I was impressed with her performance. Um, both the character as written, but also like her performance. Because there's moments where she's like really happy. And there's moments where she is like... Uh, looking at a wall you know just and, and she's able to bring so much uh dynamic to the character it, it's a really great performance um i i i did have a hard time with names of some of the characters Same. i'm like i don't know who that is like i i recognize you but i don't know what you what your role is and uh honestly like looking at the the cast list i am not sure who like the big bad guy so to speak or the big antagonist i guess bad guys unfair i'm not sure what his name was so i don't know which actor played him um i i'm really not sure unfortunately i, I hate that because i like i don't want to co- comment on it but i don't know who i never caught the name of the guy so um yeah i also liked it um definitely not what i was expecting for a western and especially one that's so well regarded like uh I read I read some reviews afterwards and man there's some really great articles out there about this um movie uh and what it does and why why it's so powerful um and I'm not super familiar I think I've seen a few other Alton films um just kind of looking through his filmography real fast um because that a lot of times helps you man he has a lot of films um I don't recognize too many of his more recent films. Um, I feel like he did something in the 80s that I'd seen. 
Maybe not, man. Oh, well, he did the Robin Williams Popeye movie, which also uh, has <clears throat> Shelley Duvall. Yeah, I thought so. Um, um, actually, I did some reading, and she did seven or eight films with him. Wow. Uh, Nashville is a one I've not seen, but I bought um, and have been planning to watch. It's on the AFI Top 100, and it was also mm. uh, Tyler Smith from Battleship Pretension. It's one of his favorite movies, so I've had it on my radar for quite some time. Uh, MASH, I I feel like I've seen MASH, but I definitely don't recall. Like I, I know I saw the TV series, but I, I swear I saw the movie when I was younger, but I may not have, uh, so I don't want to give credit to that, but he did that. And then he directed some TV, some westerns, some surface stuff. Um, but yeah, so uh, long-time working director. Um, I've not seen much of his work, but uh, McCabe and Miss Miller definitely clicked in some ways. Um I'll tell you, though, watching a Western, there's a scene where, like, the pro- the group of prostitutes first gets there, and they're, like, taking baths, and, like, it's full frontal nudity, and <laughs> I was, like, thrown for a second, because I was thinking Western, it's it's in, like, a, the, the era of film where that would not have been allowed, but this is in the 70s, where that's very much allowed now, and they're taking full advantage of it in that movie, um, and interesting, though, because it is, um, it's not sexual, because it's just women are taking baths, uh, they're playing around, they're being silly. Um, I mean, they are prostitutes, and that's literally how they're billed at the end of the movie. Like they're they're actually the credits were really unique in this film. One, they were really short. I don't know if you, like I, I sat through the credits because there were still pictures behind them, so I wasn't sure if like something was going to happen. Um, but like the, they they didn't get much into the production team, but like they grouped all of the characters by like like Seattle prostitutes you know old town you know prostitutes and it's like oh okay um it was it was surprising but uh yeah i it's definitely not a traditional western but if you are into that kind of negative look and and uh deeper commentary about the the culture that the film was made in um i think there's a lot to be dissected from miss mccabe and mrs miller uh with that let's get into spoilers Guys, from here on out, we are going to talk about this movie in great detail. Um, you've been warned. And with that, um, where where do you want to go first, Corey? Um, you know, I I don't. There's just something about some of the shots in these. Like, even when I don't love the movie, there are such beautiful shots of the landscape. Oh yeah. Um, I just kind of die. But I read some interesting things about the editing of this movie that um, it was so I wanted to say something when we were recording top five because you were talking about how um, Alfred Hitchcock would was like so like I guess tight with his um, you know his uh, not recording yeah yeah Yeah, that there wasn't a lot for the production companies or like the movie whatever to like be able to take that creative control from him and it was kind of interesting reading how they like edited the film they did something i think called fog and i'm imagining it's some of those um there are some shots in the movie where it's like really kind of it is kind of faded and foggy around the corners Mm -hmm. and it kind of reminded me of like those old photos that they're square or rectangle but like our vision is taken to like the circular kind of you know how they I don't know how to explain it but um I wasn't expecting um I don't know how to explain it but Miss Miller 
her character, I she's very business savvy and she knows what she's doing. And I love that she's kind of assertive and she knows her worth. Like even as a prostitute, like the other girls are like a dollar or a dollar fifty and she's like five dollars and you know, um at first I was like, Oh, a dollar for a prostitute and I know this was a long time ago, but it still just didn't seem like a lot. But then we hear McCabe talking with some of the people that he's hired to work, I guess, on his um brothel. The, the saloon first that turns into a brothel, oh. yeah that they're making 15 cents an hour and i mean these guys are coming in from working in the mines all day so that must be pretty good money you know or maybe times are that bad that they need it anyways but that kind of puts some perspective to it um i just thought a lot about it was interesting even when he goes and buys the prostitutes from another brothel i guess close by yeah, um, well, I think they said Seattle. Uh, if I, I, I might be missed. I, I swear they said Seattle, but I definitely am. those. Those were the nicer prostitutes, like yes, the higher in. class. Yeah, and that's the. Um, but I'm talking. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just saying those the fir- the set of three that he goes and gets first. Oh yeah. And God, I mean, we know that life must have been brutal. I mean, they're going to these places that, and they're that have nothing in there building them from the ground up. And I can't even imagine like how much work it would have been to bring like, you know, the wood and the trees, whatever, like building supplies they would have needed to cut down and bring into town. Um, and they, the way that that guy just talks about one of the prostitutes or maybe it was McCabe. He's like, I don't even think she's going to make it through the winter, like trying to bargain down the prices. And I was like, Oh my God, just made it even more like, brutal i guess that environment and you know yeah well and then that the like so the, the initial like does he doesn't have a house a prostitute or a brothel house yet he has them in tents and then the one stabs a guy um which i don't know exactly what like we don't i don't think we're told why i mean obviously i'm assuming he tried to do something she wasn't okay with but like she's like going crazy um stabbing him and that we really don't get anything from that it's just like this moment in the film but i think it, it's setting up kind of the, the chaos of the town and even when he shows up with the prostitutes like the guys like almost attack them um at first and i uh, i think that that does do a good job like kind of setting up our ending even when she's stabbing that guy that there are no consequences yeah yeah um it's the it's the wild west like the world is still chaos um and and that's like so you have mccabe who is this entrepreneur uh he's got this mistaken identity um they think he's this gunslinger and that he killed some guy i can't remember the guy's name that he's accused of having killed um but uh the current saloon that's in this little town is definitely intimidated by uh mccabe and like what he's bringing and he's he seems to bring fun because the, the, when he gets to the bar that's like real dull and drab and he starts playing poker and everyone gets really into it. Um, you know, there's some threats made, but uh, McCabe's got this really weird persona. He doesn't seem like he eats. He drinks a double whiskey with a raw egg oh. in it. Um, and like that's the only time you really see him like eating. And uh, it seems to be implied like he he's just an alcoholic. He drinks and he gambles um, and he, he fornicates. But... Um, He's an entrepreneur, though. He, he sees the opportunity to make a much nicer saloon, 
and he starts going that route and then miss miller shows up and she's like you're, you're going about this the wrong way if you really want to make money you need a brothel and i can help you run it but here's how we'll do it and she's got this business plan and uh like she's eating and i, I love her watching her eat because he looks disgusted by her eating but she doesn't give a shit that he's eat like you know she's gonna do her thing forget you uh mccabe but that's i really appreciate miller's um strength and yet her huge vulnerability with the opiate addiction oh yeah i like too that like this is not her end game like she wants to go to san francisco and open a boarding house this isn't like what she wants to do forever well i <laughs> when she's talking to uh shelly duvall's character after you know she joins the brothel um and she's saying like um you know sure like you you had sex with your husband right she's like yeah but i had to she's like well yeah but this is better because you get to choose and you why not make money doing this and, you know she basically is just like ah this is what we have to sell we'll sell it you know and um and yet like because you know of her opiate addiction and then how the movie ends with her in the the opium den completely out of it just like uh, you know a blank canvas in her eyes um you know it's that it's that commentary on ambition because you have mccabe and miller both have these big plans that they're going to make just enough money to do the thing they want to do but they're also you know he gets sideswiped by love because he's fallen in love with with mrs miller who i think she loves him but i don't know if it's the same type of love i think that she can separate it yeah I think that's part of her her whole survival me- mechanic is to to separate I herself. Love when we find out that she still makes him pay. I love that so mm-hmm. much. Like he has to go put it up in the little box on her dresser. Um, dang, I. Um... But it's also heartbreaking when he like later is like, I wish once you wouldn't make me pay because he's like you'd just be sweet yeah like that and not it's not about the money it's because he genuinely has fallen for her and we see that a few times where he gets upset when she's with someone else or whatever but um, oh yeah don't go in there she has visitors even though it ended up being ida uh shelly duvall's character yeah yeah but he was upset because he assumed it was a man yeah it's and when he hears i think even the first time when he hears her like someone say it's five dollars and that person's like well hell i might as well um he gets real upset about that i think he he that's when he gets drunk real hard or something something happens after he he sees her go off with a guy for the first time like where it upsets him and that's before we are sure that he's having a relationship with her Mm um i i don't remember his name in the movie oh and those bad guys the three are butler kid and breed um okay oh they this is right they do call him cowboy keith carradine Uh um i liked his character a lot um you know and i think that this movie like i don't think there's a whole lot that can be said i don't know um to kind of like throw me off but some of the language in the movie kind of like threw me off because i still was i don't know he's like yeah it's been a long time since i've had a piece of ass and like some of it sometimes feels a little little forced i don't know but um i liked his character a lot and i just 
I love that he came into town and he's just having a good time and he's sleeping with all the prostitutes. Um, oh, that's that but, guy. Okay, the kid. The, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the young guy. But I like his character a lot because, I don't know, he's just so easygoing and, like, he's still just nice to everyone and I love that he's so at home. He walks downstairs and is like dirty ass long johns or whatever and sits on the couch and he's just like eating and like that easygoing kind of carefree, nice kind of guy. And that pissed me off so bad when kid like is trying to start that whole confrontation. And obviously this guy, he doesn't, that's not who he is and he doesn't want to be caught in any trouble and i don't know how he the gets kids like pull the gun so he can shoot him justified yeah except everyone's standing there and here's the whole damn conversation and then he just falls into the river and nobody does anything they just watch and again i guess there we are no consequences mm-hmm. but, but they I played liked- they played the system um you know, like that's like I was watching that scene, just like, oh god, no, he's gonna, he's too naive to realize what's happening. Um, and even though when he first showed up, I actually thought he was gonna be trouble, um, especially because, like you said, how he spoke, like the when he said the piece of ass thing, I was like, oh man. And then I think um, one of the girls laughs at him or something, um, and he kind of gives oh. them a look. But then it's okay. It's like it's again, he's not a bad guy. He's just this innocent kid who's having way too much fun at the at the brothel. Yeah. Um, that yeah, made me mad. That character uh, was a, a tragic character in a way, because um, he's you know he's there, he's having a good time, he kind of gets sucked into the life, and then uh, he's you know killed. For he just it, wanted to be on his way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess he ran out of money at that point. Um. I, and then it's like with McCabe's character, like. He's very, um, I don't know what word to use. I think he's really good at talking up a big game and making himself bigger than he is, mm-hmm. um, especially to all these people. And I don't necessarily think that he's a coward. I think that he's just trying to survive when it gets to that point. And I mean, if other people are playing dirty, play dirty too. But um, I can't remember the name of those two the two guys who came in from the company to try to buy his um, business that he's building and there he thinks that he can get so much more than that so he's like yeah i keep wanting to say like he's sassy, negotiating well yeah. yeah i mean i think one he he is afraid of being strong-armed i think at first like he's i think the first no is like a legit no and then when when miller kind of like what are you doing um i think he starts to see well maybe i shouldn't be playing this game and Ultimately, this corporation, when they can't get what they want, they're going to kill him. They get and what they want anyways. They're going to get what they want anyways, which clearly, I mean, the the it doesn't take much to see the capitalism allegory happening in this movie. Um, but it's definitely like it's the big business killing the little business, um, which I, I don't know when that really takes on. But uh, Stranger Things season three, oddly enough, deals a lot with that because of the mall. Um, there's a big mall that's opened in the, uh, the city and, um, the smaller businesses are all suffering as a result of it. Uh, so, I mean, obviously that movie, that show's made now, but, uh, it's still an issue now. I mean, we have Walmart, we have Target, these big box stores, um, that are hurting the, the mom pop shops, you know, you don't go 
uh, to those because they're more money or whatever. Like, it's actually one of the things I mentioned, like playing Magic the Gathering. Uh, we get to support like little local shops because um, that's really where you get to play. And uh, we just had a shop open up close to us. It's the first comic book shop I've had within like ten minutes driving distance ever in my life. Um, and it's it's a really nice shop. We've all been spending a lot of time there. We've spent some money there, but um, the guy really seems to know what he's doing when it comes to like running a business. And uh, you know, when you when you think about it like that, when you become friends with the guy who's you know like this is his livelihood it, it puts it into perspective like yeah it's a little more money to buy a board game there than it is to buy it from amazon but i know this guy you know like this guy needs me to buy this and there it you know like i and i have a record store that maybe is a little more money but i love everyone who works there and i love having that place to go to and escape and i just think that those places are such gems our communities yeah and i feel like that you see that with mccabe and the townspeople like they really take to him like um they they seem concerned for him when he doesn't sell like they're like dude what are you doing you're putting yourself at risk this company's not going to let you just keep this going you're you're a threat to them um it's it's really an interesting kind of like look at it and again even with the idea of capitalism because he doesn't sell because he wants more money not because he loves his job it's not because oh this is what i this is i built this with my hands it's because no no i can get more um i do think maybe there's a little pride in being like this important figure because like you said he isn't this important figure but uh one he's likable he's charming enough he he isn't always he has that you know facade breaks from time to time in the movie but he's charming enough at first that he wins a lot of people over um, and here's also he's smart enough to like let other people fill in the gaps you know like the guy yeah, says which... you killed that guy and he doesn't say no he's like ah. you know he plays it more like ah, shh, let's not talk about it um, which makes people talk about it you know and run their mouths and, and it, it builds your uh, your persona to like you know superstar level mm-hmm. and I mean even like in his business like he knows that I feel like maybe a lot of men especially in this time period would have felt threatened by a woman who approached them in their business in the way that yeah. Mrs. Miller did and he does but but he's he's like smart enough to see that she's right you can see mm-hmm. yeah I I just I don't know like did she come from Seattle I don't remember where she says she came from but like she definitely has you know she's lived she's experienced um and i i found out how inexperienced i was though when she first breaks out the opium pipe um because i'm like watching i'm like what is that what is she doing and then like putting the i'm like i don't understand what i'm supposed to like why is she hiding that like is it illegal and then i I remembered them in the earlier part of the movie they mentioned the opium dens and i'm like oh it's opium because i did not initially get that nor had i don't believe i'd ever seen anybody I've seen opium dems in movies before. Yeah, um, from Hell. Okay, that's the Johnny Depp movie. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that they have opium yeah. dens in Hell. Holy but shit! I didn't... Man, Alexa just scared the crap out of me. Alexa, 
Stop talking. <laughs> so we're gonna get Johnny Depp's whole yeah, filmography, guys. Depp. I don't know why. It scared me <laughs> so hard. Because we said from hell, and you're like, oh, with Johnny Depp in it, and then she just went wild. She, yeah, but I didn't say her name. She's not supposed to just start. Stop it. She's Amazon. recording everything that you say ever, so. Oh, man. Um, I'm, like, alone. Like, Kathy and Taylor went out tonight, and so, like, it really freaked me out when I heard her voice. That's a little creepy. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what's happening? Um, sorry, But listeners. I, I do think that that's interesting, because it's not a drug that is uh, often portrayed or talked about in movies and i guess maybe it's not as widespread i don't really know i think a lot about it but it's really damaging and in fact don't forget right now we're in, a, in an opioid crisis according to our president but it's it is a real crisis um but it's not through smoking it's through pills um, pills but nonetheless it's the same like that kind of numbing effect where it just makes you not want to do anything and that's what like the opium dems where people just hauled up and not doing anything with their lives and that's what where the movie ends we see uh mccabe dead he did kill um everyone who was trying to kill him basically but at his own life um I... and then him dying alone though i think it's it's such a a clear statement of how he lived too like he, it he reminded was... me of the great gatsby though interesting well because like all this time everyone's there the whole time for the parties and the good times but then yeah. At the end, there's no one there. Um, I, I like, like I was kind of saying earlier, like maybe some people think that it's cowardly or un- underhanded, but he's like hiding and like stalking throughout the town that he knows so well, and maybe he's killing these guys when they have no idea. But I mean, it is also three on one, and I mean it's all because he wouldn't sell his business, so I don't really care. Um, I loved that the part where he's shot by the last guy i think reed um and he like falls in the snow but he's not quite dead yet so he shoots that guy mm-hmm. when he gets close like i just love that but then there he is just alone and all that snow there's just something so lonely about snow yeah well it's isolated it, everything looks the same and so it's just this field of of you know white within like a spot of something and it it is you know he is truly alone he's like cold and alone just stuck everyone's trying to save the church yeah everyone's trying to save the church which of course i think is important uh, i think there's subtext there that maybe i don't have a really good articulation on yet but just the fact that like this is a town that had basically stopped going to church to go to the brothel um and we we hear reference to it a few times throughout the film and so much so that the uh, the preacher clearly hates McCabe because he points the shotgun at him and tells him to get out. Um, and so his own he, shotgun, his own shotgun that he had put down while he was looking out the window, um, and he was using the church as a place of quote unquote sanctuary. Um, you know, you get that um, that moment, and it's like, yeah, uh, this guy is not okay with this. Um, and uh the the church then you know get, he gets shot by the the quote-unquote antagonist um and the the hurricane lamp the oil lamp goes everywhere and that's what starts the fire but then the town like you know one it was kind of cool seeing the uh the, the their system for like it wasn't the best system but it was kind of cool seeing like with the buckets and um like you know, forming the the line to get the water they have to melt the snow because it is really really cold um with them all working together to save the church to save religion they kind of turn their backs on capitalism right like that's 
the idea because they're not helping McCabe. They're not helping. No one even seems to be aware of what's going on with Miller at all. Yeah. Um, she just kind of vanishes off into the opium den. I guess she realizes that he's going to die. And I was kind of, I kind of, at first when she disappears, it's like in the early, 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 it's still dark outside. So I'm thinking like wee hours in the morning and I'm wondering where she went. And then we see those three guys and I thought that maybe she had been kidnapped at first or something. And Mm -hmm. I thought that when McCabe goes out, he's going to find this awful scene of her, but she's nowhere to be found. But that wasn't quite what I was expecting, although maybe I should have been. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to tell where this movie is going to go. Um, not in like It's not trying to be like a twist or anything, but it, it is like you could see it being a happy ending where they get what they want, but you could also see it going the opposite direction. I think the movie slowly starts to kind of like, no, no, these characters, while they seem like they're in control, they are not in control. Um, it's a facade that they both are putting up there to present the idea that, look, yeah, we know what we're doing. But there's a cost. Uh, they're paying it every day um, severely, and she deals with it through opium, and he deals with it through alcohol, and both of those things are crippling them in the long run. Um, yeah, it's it's a tragedy when it when it really ends, and then maybe not because, like you said, I like I think you can like these characters, but also be like, yeah, you're cool, but I also see that you're a train wreck waiting to happen, so I'm gonna stay at a distance. Yeah, it's not like there are these, and I'm not like trying to speak ill about people who gamble or prostitutes or anything, but it's not like there are these, you know, people that just try to stay away from danger or, I don't know, I don't know how to word it without getting hate mail. Well, no, I think what you're saying is like they, most movies, uh, if you if you go to the um, screenwriting book, the Save the Cat. Uh, by Blake Snyder um, he theorizes that every protagonist has to have a moment where they quote unquote save the cat meaning they prove that they're a a good person who we should be rooting for Um, I don't know that either of these characters have a save the cat moment Um, you know where you know there isn't like if if McCabe had helped that like a kid or if he had done something like the nicest thing he does is like stop the prostitute from stabbing the guy more like but he's already been stabbed like seven or eight times by the time McCabe intervenes but like you know that I guess he stops that from happening somewhat like you know what I mean like there isn't really a moment maybe the guy like deserved it because we didn't it's not like she's extremely violent you know I'm just I'm not saying that she should have necessarily I'm just even then it's you know yeah, well, what I, I guess what I'm meaning is there isn't a clear defining moment where we see the good in our characters in a way that makes us root for them that you would normally want. It's kind of interesting too because they like they like get them there they become citizens like they become ingrained in this community, but they're still on the sidelines. I guess like they're not really. I guess invested or really close with the town I guess mm-hmm. and that's and that's what Miller and McCabe have in common I think is that um, both keep everybody at a distance like they only know their personas they don't know who they really are and I mm-hmm. think you could maybe argue that they don't know who they really are like themselves you know they're not really totally aware 
um, they have this ambition. But what is that ambition based on? Is it think? I mean, think about how that could be commentary on uh, American citizens. Like we want to be rich, but why? Because we can buy stuff. Because yes, we might think life will be easier. But what is the real reason outside of that's what we're told to do? Is that we need? To... I don't want to work anymore. <laughs> True, but we're consumer. We are bred to be yeah. consumers. And oh yeah. Um. So we want this thing, but we don't really inherently know why. We're just driven by it. We're we're always told that you need this, you have to have this, and I mean, think we're told that by our our friends and family to a degree. Maybe not directly, but indirectly, we're oh look what I just got. Like oh I need that, but through oh, advertising I... and products, you know. And so, like you see that in those characters that they both want to be rich, but for what? What is their real end game? And I think there are conversations where that's kind of debated. Um, like you said, she wants to go to San Francisco or whatever and like start her, her like legit non brothel, you know, hotel or whatever. But it's like, but why? Is that really what you like? That's your ambition? Like, is that truly what you want or is that just the next logical step in the financial process? Maybe, but also there, I mean, maybe opium is great and she really likes it, but then maybe there's that part where she doesn't really, I mean, she talks a lot about you know even to ida's character that at least you're getting paid for it now but maybe you know she doesn't necessarily enjoy it maybe this is you know maybe she doesn't have other skills or i mean what else is she gonna do in this pioneer town true um maybe and again like i think there is a goal where she does not want to be a prostitute um and that's maybe where the opium comes in helping her to keep everything at a distance you know what i mean like um by being high you she can't she doesn't have to deal with the uh the reality of what her situation is because i i think she charges five dollars hoping that people won't buy her so she doesn't have to do as often <laughs> yeah. yeah um you know and and so at least like five dollars is where she feels it's worth that sacrifice like in her eyes you know um, and she gets a cut of what everyone else is doing as well because she's the, the mistress. Madam. Madam, there you go. Um, I'm glad, I'm proud that I'm not good with that terminology. Um, you know, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it's a really interesting movie. Um, and considering that it does deal with prostitution and there is, there's a little bit of nudity, but there's no like gratuitous sex or anything, um. The McCabe and Miller sequences are always like either before or after, uh, so it's it's fairly tame outside of the the nude scene. So if it's if that if you haven't watched this yet and you're interested, in, but maybe you're hesitant because you don't like movies like that, I would say it deals with that pretty well, um, and it's, it's mostly off camera, tastefully as you can. Yeah, again, given the the, the premise alone, but it's still like I think yeah. it's you know you could definitely watch it and not be too upset with it agreed um we have one more movie left on our uh hey dude or that's not right it's howdy partner hey dude would have worked as well um howdy partner uh this month is going to be the searchers um which is a john wayne film and if i'm i'm gonna forget the director's name until i pull it up but it is our last movie that we're gonna be watching um we are renting it on digital um so if you uh don't mind shelling out a couple bucks it's an easy way to get it. of course if you're a fan of john wayne uh this is another movie that's on the top 100 afi 
Um, it has a 94 on Metacritic. Um, it is directed by John Ford, an iconic uh, Western director, starring John Wayne, an iconic uh, Western star. Uh, Vera Miles, Jeffrey Hunter, Warbond, Natalie Wood. Oh, Natalie Wood? She's got to be super young in this. Um, yeah, 56. Uh, John Quaylen, Olive Carey, Henry Brandon, a bunch of names I don't really know. I'm just going through, seeing if there's anybody I do recognize. Nope, that looks like it. Um, an American Civil War veteran embarks on a journey to rescue his niece from the Comanches. So, it'll probably be a little racist, um, as a lot of older westerns are. Uh, I'm sure the Native Americans will not be portrayed in any kind of non-savage way. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's why this movie is so highly regarded. Um, but, yeah, that's what we're watching next week and what we're going to be reviewing. Um, in the meantime, you can follow us on social media. I'm at Burke Reviews and Corey. At Corey R. Star. Hey. Hey. We didn't give our... Oh, rating. Oh, Burke rating. is slacking. Uh, it's been a long day. I'm tired. I'm ready to go to bed. Um, I don't blame you. Just the doctor's office alone. Yeah, the, I, I I was so angry when I left the doctor's office. Um, where where would you put uh, McCabe and Mrs. Miller? A decent watch. I uh, see. I I think I you actually made me like the movie more. I think I'm gonna go not quite golden. Um. Oh my god! This never happens. It's it, usually the other way around. This this might be the most you've uh brought to the conversation on your own um and i was i was very happy i was like oh she really got into this movie she has a lot to say um so not to go you know too behind the scenes there but a lot of times i do feel like i talk way too much so (laughs) um i'm really glad you had a lot to say too because i was like i hope i can speak because it has been a long day i've actually i didn't tell you during top five but i had a migraine (sighs) kick in like 20 minutes before the podcast started and i was like Oh boy, oh, um, it's it's in the. I took some ibuprofen. And it's it's still sitting there, but it's been like passive. It's starting to come back now. Um, that's probably why I forgot to bring up the uh, the pod, the rating. But listeners, if you like the show, speaking of ratings, please rate and review us. It helps listeners, uh, new listeners, find us. Um, it just helps you know the podcast pop up on searches a little more. Um, it share and uh, share and tell your friends to listen. Um, We'll be back next week with another episode, and until then, keep watching movies. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com Do you like movies? Do you like podcasts? Or are you just lonely? If the answer is yes, and even if it's not, then check out the What I Watch Tonight show's filmtastic selection of podcasts Covering the entire movie verse, there's something for everyone, so come check it out. More details at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk or from all good podcast providers.